This is Werewolf the Podcast, a podcast about the role-playing game, Werewolf the Apocalypse. Have you heard of high-level games? If you're a content creator looking to make your dream a reality, you need high-level games. High-level games does layout, editing, and development support such as Kickstarter and more. Even if you're not a creator and just want to enhance your game with exciting new supplements, go to highlevelgames.ca and check out Dark New England for V20. High-level games. We want to help you level up your role-playing game. Highlevelgames.ca Welcome back to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I am Josh Heath, one of the co-hosts. We are joined by Carrie, our other co-host. Yay! And today we're going to be talking about a book, as we always do talk about books when we are here. Are we going to do ever talk about not a book? We, we should. should talk about not a book at some point. We need to do a Galliard rant episode. Okay. At some point. That would I'm, probably be a good idea. I'm a good ranter. Yeah. I know, th- I know that would be hard to believe. I'm shocked. I, I know. do not believe um, that. Keep that face. Don't, don't. <laughs> uh, before we talk about the book, we uh, want to remind everyone that we have a Patreon. If you want to become our patron, you can go to Patreon at Werewolf the Podcast and join up and become a follower. You can join our Discord by for as little as a dollar, and then you can join the Garu Nation um, on our discord i guess and random stuff and things that i'm saying it's way more exciting than what he just made it out to be (laughs) it it is it is a good discord we have a lot of good conversations a lot of uh interesting folks that like to deconstruct this game and come up with some really good plot ideas so like way more than i ever do like sometimes i get i i look at the discord and like that's like crazy in depth that i can't even comprehend there are times when I have even stepped back and gone, I don't know what to suggest to you. I think this is a good plot. Good job. We've got a lot of smart people on our Discord, and yeah. that's not me brown-nosing. No, I think it's absolutely true. There are a lot yeah. of smart people doing good things with their games. So mm-hmm. if you want to come and join us, please become a patron so you can do so. Today, though, we're going to talk about Tales from the Trails Mexico, the final book for the Werewolf the Wild West line. This was produced by White Wolf Game Studios under their Art House imprint. Yeah, what up with that? Mm. Let's talk about Art House real quick. So Art House was a subprint uh, organization within White Wolf for a very short period of time. It was only around for a couple of years, but they tried to do kind of an indie publisher within White Wolf's bigger scope. Why? I think it was a budgeting thing. And they thought, hey, we can budget for some books that we otherwise wouldn't get approved if we put them out under this other imprint. I'm not 100% sure what the thought process was. Okay, as as long as it's weird. Yeah. As long as we can just say, this was like a weird experiment they tried that I don't think worked. It didn't go anywhere. Uh, Like I said, I think it lasted a year or two at most. It was supposed to be uh, modeled after small press. The art house team strives to create those games and projects that are new, experimental, and unique. I I don't think they really succeeded at that because they only wrote extra books for lines that they were already doing. Yeah, so kind of weird, but 
it was certainly an experiment that they tried. Mm -hmm. This book was published in 1999. It was written by James A. Moore, developed by Ethan Skemp, edited by Eileen E. Miles, art by Brian LeBlanc and Conan Venus. So this is like only a couple of people touched this book. Uh, Rich Thomas did the cover design and the layout for it. And that's it. And it's kind of interesting that this pretty much was like, hey, we've got three folks that touched this and that's it. And here's a book. And I think you can tell in a good way. Yep. Like it's, it's focused. It doesn't feel all over the place. The art matches the verbiage on the page. Mm -hmm. There is a theme to all of the art, you know, so. Yep. Yeah. It's a very cohesive book. I will mm -hmm. give it that. Um, from cover to cover, it definitely has, it knows what it's doing. It does it. It succeeds. If this were a book that came out for the Storyteller's Vault, I would give this like perfect marks for being a really high quality book. Because I right. think in some ways, it feels like that type of book to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very niche. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's very specific in what it's telling you. But, you know, so that, that kind of makes it feel a little weird to be in the, in the line but it's not terrible, yeah. No, um, I think overall, there's a lot to recommend in this book. There's some things that I would not recommend in this book necessarily, but I think that is par for the course for our books at the moment that we are <laughs> doing. Um, let's start with the cover. Yeah, let's start with the cover. What are your thoughts on the cover, Carrie? Um, I'm really torn on this cover because I adore the background bad guys and that feeling that that again we're back with that hazy feeling but it works better on this cover yep um and i hate the three main central character figures not the characters the figures because there there's something very um i'm gonna say this and i'm not actually trying to dig on the artist but it feels very amateur yeah there's like the the foreshortening is real awkward and, um, like, I don't know, like, it's just <clears throat> the three main character characters, figures, all just feel very like he plopped them in the middle of it. So that's yeah. a little weird. I love the coloring on it, though. Mm -hmm. I think the perspective is off on the yeah. three figures. I think that's, to me, the, the part that stands out, like, it's really clear. Yeah, the foreshortening, yeah. Yep. Um, and you definitely have the better terminology than I do, but no, I they both work. They both okay. work. I immediately noticed that, that it was like, Hey, these stand out, but not necessarily in a good way. But I think it's overall good art that is individual pieces, like the background and then the, f the figures in the front as individual pieces would have been amazing. Yeah. Would they I only, they only had, what two three artists on this you know yeah were, two artists yeah like you know you, you only have so much time so i do understand there's a time crunch as well yeah. i would like to point out that i don't know what is going on on the back cover though yeah it's digital <laughs> art and <laughs> it's digital art before digital art was ready to just be digital art by itself i think well and it's weird because they were like oh Carrie said she liked the coloring on the front page. 
let's just use that color palette and fill in this this where I think it's a leopard. I think, yeah, I think it's a pamunka, so I think it's a cougar. Okay, cougar. But so it's green, yellow, and orange? Yeah. I Definitely not natural colors. It no. looks like it, it may be a worm-tainted one because it's green. Actually, what it looks like is when people take their poodles and they get them spray-painted colors. <laughs> it does That's exactly what it looks like. like. It's not good. No. 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 Uh, it's a shame because it's not... Okay, it's kind of... <laughs> I don't want to say it's terrible art, but it's not amazing art. That's for the, sure. The coloring makes it just stand out as odd. Yeah. And it's kind of like tucked into the side of the uh, back of the cover. And I would have preferred there just to be a simple back cover here without any art. I think it would have worked a lot better. Yeah, but they, they've done that with every single one of their Wild West books. Yeah. They've taken some interior art, colored it, and put it on the back. Yeah. For sure. This <clears throat> book was also um, laid out by Rich Thomas, and I want to give Rich credit because I think he did it in Adobe InDesign or a similar program. And this is, I think, one of the first times you can tell this is digital layout as opposed to the traditional layout mm -hmm. that White Wolf had been using. The design is very, the layout is very different from the other books. Yep. I actually have that written down. So, yeah. Yep. Um, it, it, it stands out. If you've been following the books up to this point, it's clear like, hey, they are doing something different with this book. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is that they used a different layout setup to do the layout for this. Um, and it works sometimes and it doesn't work other times. So the layout actually feels very indie. And I actually yes. thought, did they do that on purpose? Because there's lots of like two columns on each page and like real small like quarter pieces of art in those columns and it, it it I actually thought maybe that was a design choice hmm. to reflect back on those indie the indie design they were going for I don't know if that's actually true if I'm just giving them more thought credit I can so, see it Rich Thomas had done a lot of work for White Wolf up to this point as a creative designer and an artist and things like that He's the type of individual that by 1999, I would imagine, is capable of making these choices, those choices. Mm -hmm. um, and it changes my opinion of the book if that was kind of an intentional choice. Right. So I'm going to give them credit for that. Okay. Whether or not we should, but I'm going to give them credit. We tend to be a little negative. We'll give them credit for that. Yeah. Yay, yeah. they were trying to have a theme. <laughs> <laughs> and with that theme it fits it definitely looks like an indie book yes um and i don't say that in a negative way i think it's just that's the type of design choice that they decided to make um so let's talk about chapter one all right do we want to talk about the story yeah let's talk about the story we don't have to <laughs> <laughs> Like a lot of these stories, I don't really love this particular one, except this gives a lot of background for Boot Hill, who is a figure in Vampire of the Wild West, which is a book that I worked on and a book that Ryan worked on. So I want to at least give credit for <laughs> this is where that character comes from. 
uh, and he is, is from this story in this entire book. Yeah, he is all through this book. Um, in fact, most a, a bunch of the art that isn't even connected, I realized is the Boot Heel Gang. Yep. Like most of the chapter heads, like a bunch of them are connected to that story in some way, shape, or form. So I actually thought that was really cool. Yep. Agreed. And it's interesting because this is a werewolf book, but it's very much a vampire crossover mm. book yeah. in a way that the cover doesn't tell you is going. it's going to be. No, but, they were like, Sabat, here you go. Yep. And this is all the background you need to build the Sabat as a force in the Wild West. Yeah, yes. I actually, I actually have that written down as well because you don't have to get into like the, the heavy religious stuff if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And they're still bad guys. Yep. Which is good. That's like an interesting choice that mm-hmm. this is the proto-Sabat that we know in the modern era. But you don't have to dig into all the elements of the Sabat because this particular group doesn't. Right. And they're still really, really interesting. So the opening fiction is about the Boot Hill gang attacking a group of werewolves. It's told from initially the werewolf's perspective, and then it eventually twists around and starts telling it from Boot Hill's perspective at the very, very end. Yeah. Basically, it's just, these are super sabat baddies. They can take on werewolves. <laughs> you know. mm. Yeah, okay. Yep. And it feels like they're legitimately a really strong group of vampires. Yes. Yeah, they feel smart. Yep. And that's nice, because a lot of times when you read about antagonists in these books, they're like, you know, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> how, how did you, you survive? Exactly. As a villain, how are you going to last more than a session for my players? Yeah, absolutely. If, and he will. He definitely will. And if I wanted to put my players up against this gang, it would be like a, like sessions after sessions of sessions worth of like conflict with them. Yeah, there'd be GNCs happening. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So it's a solid story. I just, I don't love the fiction in most of these books. So that's my Well, favorite. I mean, it's also, you know, everybody dies. Yay. <laughs> right. Which I think every opening fiction to the Werewolf Wild West has been. It feels everybody that Everybody dies. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a shame. Like you'd think yeah. at least. I guess that's the werewolf way of life, that you I, mm, become a Cleath, you die, you start over again with a new group yeah. of Cleaths. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit more, um, <clears throat> I, I need a little bit of hope in my, in my games. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, that's, that's why I can't play Wraith at all. At that's all. Totally fair. <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> I made a character that I was too depressed a player. I was like, no. Oh, wow. In for a LARP or was that for a tabletop? It was for a tabletop. Wow. And they were were all like, everybody make a character. And I was like, I'm going to go full in. And then when I was done, I was like, oh, hell no. (laughs) This is not good. No, no, that's not the way to do it. Yeah, no, no, no. So this book... uh, does have the same problem that the last one had where Mm -hmm. all of the chapter headings are impossible to read. Yeah. Which is a shame. Like, I I think that was an intentional design choice, but I don't think it works. I, 
Why would you do that? I think they were going for a look of the burnt wood thing, but I don't know. It just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, not at all. And also all of the the chapter, the art at the beginning of each chapter, again, is just way too dark. Yeah. I was looking at this book in the car, and so Dakota was behind me. And she kept going, what is that picture? I can't tell what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, like, if you if you have to have to uh, work hard, study a study a piece of art just to figure out where the main where the characters are and what they're doing, like that's not helpful. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But I guarantee, if you took all that artwork and you put a filter on it just to lighten it a little bit, it'd be amazing. Yep. Yeah, because I'm just looking at this introduction art, and it's of a Balaam attacking a werewolf, or two Balaam attacking a werewolf, and it looks awesome if it wasn't super dark. It would be mm-hmm. super cool. I would be like, this is awesome. What's going on in this art? Yeah. Yeah. But, but it just feels hazy and bleh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this introduction does give us all the theme mood and focus of what this book is going to be about. This book's about Mexico. If that wasn't clear, if we haven't talked about that yet, um, <laughs> it's basically a setting book for all of Mexico, but it focuses on Mexico city and the Northern parts of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, it does give you, you know, some locations throughout Mexico, but it's definitely, here's the history of the country. Here's where the country is currently in the setting book, which is like the late 1800s. And these are the different supernatural groups within the world of darkness in Mexico. Yeah. Which brings me to chapter one or brings us to chapter one, Carrie. Sorry, I'm flipping through. It's okay. All right. So I have thoughts. This is again told by laughing many skins. I'm pretty sure. That yeah. this history is told. Yep, it is. Um, I just, I don't, this is the one chapter I don't like because it's in character. But that's and what White Wolf does. It, it is what White Wolf does. But I think it is the one chapter where I'm like, I wish this wasn't purely in character because I could see this history told in a way that was both interesting and a little bit pulled away from a character and it wouldn't be so offensive and just kind of annoying and frustrating. Yep. (laughs) That's, that's really my main takeaway from this whole chapter. It gives you good history, but you've got to wade through a lot of many skins, like character stuff. So I don't know a lot of the actual history of Mexico. Okay. You know, besides, besides what I learned in school with the, you know, Spanish American, you know, like all the wars and all that, like I don't know a lot of the the um, trading hands of who was in charge. Sure. And and all that stuff, and I, it actually made me uncomfortable because I just thought this surely is so tilted in in this character's perspective 
that like I felt weird because it's like now I'm now I've got to go do actual research and homework mm-hmm. if I'm going to run something in this universe that way I'm not being offensive right because <laughs> the only thing I know is from this stupid stupid NPC you know so I don't know like I I was telling Ryan I really wish that they would have just been like hey, are you into White Wolf and you live in Mexico City? Right. Help us write this book. Hey, are you into vampire and live in Europe? Help us write this book. Yeah, or whatever. You know, just, I don't know. It would have made the book so much better. Now, I think that James A. Moore lived or at least had some relationship with Mexico because he does get really detailed in some of these like sections in a way that I think it's someone that knows what they're talking about, but, but I don't know. That could just be good research on his part. Right. Which, you know, good for research. Right. But research isn't the same as home knowledge. Yeah. There's a, there's a, like I I was telling Ryan in the car, because I did all this in the car, obviously um, that like, it felt like, it was all this top flavor of Mexico. And so like all you got were all these bad things that have happened, you know, from the Aztecs to the president to all these things. It was all this, like, it was like a series of unfortunate events. Like it was just bad, 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 bad. Like as I was reading this, I'm like, okay, surely they're going to mention the changelings and have something positive Mm -hmm. like look at all this rich wonderful culture we have and instead every time they mentioned the rich wonderful culture they would tie it to something negative right and and i'm like i know that's not no (laughs) like yeah i feel like there is one attitude that could say it's a world of darkness take on mexico's history mexico's history is really pretty up and down to say the least um yeah yeah that's fair but i definitely think that they took a negative like attack i agree with you that that was the angle they took i don't know i just i like their you've got to have light to have the world of darkness if if everything is dark then everyone's just blind you know like you need to have something positive like I don't know, like, I would have loved to see, like, like the change, the changeling secretly have El Dorado. Yeah, that would have been cool. Like, shh, don't tell anyone. Like, that would have been, like, okay, I don't even have to bring that in my game, but if I just keep that in my head, that, then there's a, there, there's a, you know, we, I always talk about how you need to have a moment of decompression and laughing. Yeah especially in world of darkness because if you don't it's just like when you're done playing you don't want to play because you're too depressed to play your wraith character yep yep i think that's totally fair um i think both of our criticisms of this chapter are valid um i think it it gives you a good baseline if you have no knowledge about mexico to at least start research but to not do any research on it on Mexican history today and run this would be straight from the book would be a terrible decision. So, so I think that 
part of the reason I, I sound like I'm being super negative about this book is because I actually really like the book. Yeah. And so I'm like, no, it was close to being really good. <laughs> yeah. And that's my takeaway as well, is that actually like most of this book is good. This first chapter is just the, is the one where I'm like, I would have done this out of character like the rest of the book and it would have been great. It would have been a really, really good book. Um, and it's weird because there are times I do like in-character voice stuff. Yeah. But in this case, I wouldn't have done this in character. Well, I, I don't think an entire chapter is appropriate. Right. Like if they had a couple side panels, okay, mm -hmm. sure. Yep. But but it, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this. I actually know very, very little about the Werebats. Mm -hmm. And so that was that was an interesting read. Yep. I actually enjoyed that little part of it um, and made me mad. <laughs> it does, and it, it's designed to make you mad. Yeah, because absolutely. Because it's completely ridiculous. Like, yeah. it, it's the decisions that the Shadow Lords made to destroy the Kamazots are horrid. It's just terrible. This entire book does not paint the Shadow Lords in any kind of good light. No. Nope. At all. Nope. They are definitely the villains throughout 98% yeah. of this. Like, like they should all have mustaches to twirl. Like, they yeah. are not good. <laughs> they probably do all have mustaches to twirl, looking at all the mustaches in this book. Okay, so. that's fair. That, those are, that's how you can tell Shadow Lord? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, talking all about, of our Shadow Lord players are going, hey! Hey, I say that I'm a Shadow Lord, so I will totally, <laughs> like, they are the villains in this book. Like, yeah. hands down. Um, brings me to page 31. There's a piece of art in the middle of the page. And the yeah. text wraps around the picture. <laughs> and it's even I, even I, who's not an artist, but <laughs> does do layout stuff, knows that this is a, this is a faux pas of the highest order right yeah, here. it's just weird yeah it would have been fine to have the art in the center of the page if or they to have had it, columns if they had columns they don't have columns here or if they had the picture slightly to the right or slightly to the left it would have been fine but it just does not work yeah it's awkward yeah in a lot of these portraits are, they're they're all done in the same style as the um, chapter art, the chapter head art, mm -hmm. and so they're all just real dark. Right. Like I actually like them. They're just dark. Yeah. It's a weird downside that all of the art in this book is dark because it's great art otherwise. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's some just... of my favorite art in the Wild West stuff that I've seen. Yeah which I think, again, goes back to the point about having some focus and having only like one or two artists. Mm -hmm. They got those one or two artists to really focus and the art that they created fits the theme so well. It's just a shame that it's dark. Yeah, and I, and I really think it's probably on the, uh, either the printer or when they laid it out, they just were like, okay, let's just put like a, a filter tint on it to darken it up because if they were trying to make it all look like it was wood burned maybe but I would think that they would try to make it look like one of the tin pictures instead 
Right. And those are actually lighter. Right. They're usually very bright. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just I did know. a bunch of, I just did a bunch of oil paintings, a series of oil paintings for the gun belt where I was trying to make it look like that. And there's so much light in it. Like mm -hmm. I, I kept going, can I make it a little darker? And he's like, no. <laughs> okay. All right. If that's what you want to go with. Yeah. Then, yeah. No, they turned out fine. I'm sure they turned out amazing because yeah, your art we'll is see. great. We'll see. <laughs> Any other thoughts on chapter one before um, we move I'm on? Just the, no, I think that's it. Because the yeah. next note I've got is in the next chapter. Okay. So chapter two is about geography. And this is where it gets really, really helpful. This gives you a breakdown of all of the areas of Mexico, what they're called, who's there, what the cities are in there, what, what the changing breeds are that live in this area. Mm -hmm. um, it gives you both human history and the world of darkness creatures history. And I think this is a solid chapter. That's like my main takeaway is this. This is exactly what I would do or what I have done in my World of Darkness books, when I made Dark New England, this type of background was what I went for, for yeah. my areas of that I was talking about for that book. Um, well, what I like is that, you know, it gives you all the different areas. I kind of wish there had been a map. Yeah, that would have been helpful. Um, but beyond that, it gives you all the areas, but not so in-depth that it's like, well, I don't have to figure out what to run here. Right. Like, it gives you hints and ideas. Like, like my, my favorite, the, the only note, one of the only notes I have here is that under the, the Gulf Coast plane, I just wrote down shark versus Moakley. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I want to run. You know, if you have a group of people that just like rolling dice and want to fight, that's where you send them. Just throw them in the ocean and let them fight a bunch of Moakley and sharks. Like, yep. that's awesome. Yep. There are lots of little story hooks like that throughout this chapter. Mm -hmm. Where they give you an area, they tell you what it's about, they tell you who's there, and they leave you going, now I know what story I would run in this section. Right, yeah. this place. I love that. That's exactly what I need. Um, mm -hmm. I don't need, like, 10 pages on Guadalajara. I have <laughs> yeah, we're good. two paragraphs, three paragraphs, and that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Mexico City's larger, but Mexico City should be larger, and it's still only two pages. Yeah. And that's a solid two pages where I'm where I have room to grow and I'm not kind of absorbed by other plot. Like I just I have enough that I can make my own story there. This chapter also has my favorite piece of art in the book. Okay. Which one is that? On page 39, it's the the sign that says like Mexico this way. Yes. I I love everything about this piece of art. Like if I could track this down, I would buy this piece of art. Yep. I adore it from the from the ridiculous um werewolf head that's nailed to the post <laughs> to the gringos go home to the to the really neat um, way they did the border at the bottom that's mm -hmm. uneven. Yeah, I it, love it. I it love just it. fits the rest of the art so, so mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, if anyone wants to buy me a present, I find that piece of art for me because <laughs> I love it. It would be amazing if that artist had it on eBay or something like that right now. I really oh my doubt God. it. You know, that happens sometimes. It does. Ryan got a piece from the Children of Gaia book that was his favorite piece of werewolf art ever. Oh, wow. And like he randomly looked one day and it was on eBay and he was like, holy crap. <laughs> oh, and he, he got it. So. Was it a Leaf Jones piece? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay. It's the, it's the one with the. Uh, the child of Gaia in the raincoat in the rain mm -hmm. with their head thrown back. Got it. The reason I ask is because I randomly was bidding on that piece of art. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure Ryan and I were both bidding on that at one point. So yeah. it's all Sorry. Right. It's, it's okay. his favorite. If it helps, it's his favorite. It absolutely does help. Okay. <laughs> it makes me feel and, so much better. And you can come visit it if you'd like. <laughs> <I will. laughs> Here, I'll tell you what. I'll even scoot. See, it's right there. Oh, there we go. Yeah. It's a good piece of art. It is. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's really all I have to say about chapter two. I think it's a solid chapter. It yeah. gives you all the stuff you need to know to run a game in those different places. Any other thoughts on chapter two before we move on to chapter three? It's good. Yeah. It's, it's exactly what you need it to be. Yep. Um, chapter three moves in to talk about the people of Mexico. Mm -hmm. So this is much more about... Um, what Mexico is like today in the setting and today being the late 1800s and what the people are like, um, what the different groups of um, changing breeds and vampires and so forth are like. Yeah. Um, I think, again, this is a super solid chapter. And it's all told out of character. So maybe yes, that's, and that's helpful. Support. Yep. Sorry. I'm, I'm, glancing at my notes to make yeah i i really did i i like this chapter a lot because it it gives you a little bit of everything mm -hmm. and it doesn't tell you that you have to run it you know like there's there's you know hey i don't want to run werewolves fighting indigenous other werewolves mm -hmm. okay then send them here right you know here here's this is what you do with the you know here's the sabat then here's the um, other Beite here's you know like there's there's lots of stuff in here. Yep, the use of antagonists and who are not necessarily antagonists to everything is really good in this. Mm -hmm. Like the you can see why some of these different uh, Fera are going to be antagonistic to the werewolves, but I don't necessarily feel like if I wanted to run a game where they got along that I couldn't do so. Right, I, there's I've always exceptions. Yep, um, and I like that. I like that it's more realistic that way because I can play Peacemaker if that's the game that I want to run. Right. Sorry, I'm not it does. It does have a really nice um, picture of an Ananasi. Which one? the 50 on page 57 mm -hmm. again it's one of those really small pictures that's super dark but like this is like the only time that they were like we're gonna take advantage of it being dark and like you just their eyes are glowing and they've got right. a miner's pickaxe and mm -hmm. i actually really like that a lot it's good art and the ananasi are a big figure in this book like they come up a lot yeah they do also mummies yeah I mean, incidentally it so, after I thought about it, I went, well, yeah, duh. 
but it never dawned on me that there would be mummies in this book. And I've not actually read the mummy book. Okay. So, well, it just was, I, that was one of those things I was like, I will never, ever, ever have a player ask me to play a mummy. And right. if I do, I just say no. Right. So I don't need to read this book. I need to read the books that, you know, I have to divvy up my time. Now that I'm not storytelling anymore, maybe I'll one day read it. But There's you know. no need to read the mummy books. I will tell you <laughs> that right up front. And the few listeners that love mummy, that I know you do, I'm glad you love it. I do not. I'm glad that you enjoy it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> you sound like me with uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. <laughs> yeah, I think I have similar opinions about uh, uh, about Mummy that you do about Lower Decks. So Lower Decks is the mummy of the Star Trek universe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What I do find surprising but awesome about this is that I learn more about the wraiths of Mexico than we do about wraiths when we were reading the wraith crossover book. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really enjoyed, is, I don't know if it's in this section or not, when they talk about the five days of the dead. I don't know if it's in this section or one of the other sections, but it's definitely. That, yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. Because I went, I can make a whole game about those days. Like, that's fun. Yep. And it talks about that at the end of this chapter. So you're absolutely okay. Yay, I'm point. in the right chapter. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's awesome to learn about the, these elements of Mexican culture. And when you frame them through a wraith light, mm -hmm. it's a really interesting like story that you can tell. And it gives you enough here that if you were a wraith storyteller, you could run this as wraith plots. Yeah. And I, I love that. I'm like, that's great. I want in this cross big crossover book that's not listed as a big crossover book. You've <laughs> given me tons of information to be able to run any of the any kinds of different games that I want to run. Yeah, and I didn't feel like it was mocking Mexican culture. Nope. Or or even like just using it. Like it it was more like a. a they were fitting in the wraith stuff in between the other stuff and saying like the culture stuff is still the most important because this is what's enabling the world of darkness stuff to be in there. And like that felt yep. healthy. That yep. felt like, that felt like how they should have been doing this entire book. Exactly. So. It's appropriate, not appropriative. Yeah. Yep. It's, there's lots of good in this particular chapter about um, how to run, even though it's not a storytelling chapter, it very much feels like, this is how you would run games in this area. So mm -hmm. I definitely agree that it's solid. Um, I actually also really enjoyed the flayed ones. Mm -hmm. Those are gross. Yeah, yeah. super gross. Yeah. Um, and I like, <clears throat> I, I think it was in an earlier chapter, they talked about how one of the Bastet is the one that's making them. Yeah. <laughs> but doesn't actually know it's making them. And I, I, I always like that kind of a twist where the 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 baddie isn't necessarily doing it for bad reasons. Right. Like, you know, I, I think I'm worshiping this god and I'm 
sacrificing these people because he told me to in this way. I don't know where their bodies go. Oh, oh what are these weird creature things yeah. that other people, they're attacking other people, not oh, me. Hey, so, that uh, looks like Bob, who I sacrificed last night. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> um, I do, I do, I didn't like that in the flayed one's description, they didn't really talk about how they could be guru. That's true. They didn't. It would have been super interesting if we had gotten like a, this is a, what happens if a Garu is. Well, be- because things. in the previous, when they talk about the Bastet sacrificing, they say he tries to find Guru to do that too. Right. Does that to Guru. So they are, they can be Guru, but like, can they shift? Right. Because the flayed ones can use weapons. Mm-hmm. So they obviously have some kind of either mumble, uh, memory muscle or they have um, some kind of intelligence. Yeah. So, oh, but th- they were very, if you want to gross out your players, run flayed ones. Yeah. Those are gross. Absolutely. Um, gross and cool and like interesting antagonists all at the same time. Yeah. And if you're going to touch on the mummy stuff that's there, it's also fun because they talk about them being wrapped kind of like mummies in their own flesh. Yeah. So, you know, if you want, and I'm just saying, if you want to have a theme, if you want to give your player, if you want to give your players a hint of who the true bad guy is, that could be fun. Yep, and I think what's interesting is the, the mummy plot stuff here works. It doesn't feel like it's out of left field. Right. It's that's like, what I said. I wasn't supr- like I went. Oh, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it all like weaves all of the different world of darkness creatures weave into this story in a way that I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. This is a consolidated World of Darkness book. If it had been branded as a World of Darkness book instead of a Werewolf of the Wild West book, I would have been like, "Sweet," because yeah, this that makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense, and it fits that. So, yeah, the only thing I I was a little flustered with, uh, along with the other little things that I was flustered with with this book, is that everyone was against each other. Yes. Nobody gets along. Yeah, no one gets along. Like, the only people that get along are the dancers and sometimes the Sabbat. (laughs) And you're like, whoa, okay, good for them. And not all the Sabbat, because the Sabbat's about to have a civil war. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's not going to go well. But I just, I understand, it's, it's almost too much. Yeah. There, there are so many different wars going on in Mexico in this book right now that, you know, they're like, and then people are still coming. Why would you go there? Right. You know, <laughs> unless it was literally the last place you could go. There is no reason for a supernatural creature to go there unless they're crazy or they're specifically going there to look for something like El Dorado, you know, or, or whatever, there is no reason to go there, you know, like it's just everyone is everyone is side eyeing each other. Yep. And tiring. That I think brings us into chapter four, which is yep. about all the different groups. And yeah. it gives you all the information you need on the antagonists. It gives you all their stats. There are I don't think there's a single NPC in here that isn't statted out. Yeah. Which is great. I want I want stats for all my NPCs that you give me, unless they're like an incredibly powerful second generation vampire or something. And then like they that. just say they win. Right, which yeah. fine. Yeah. But if these are actual antagonists that you expect my players to go up against, give me stats, 
give me background, give me motivation. They do all of that. Yes. And all of them are solid. I don't think there's one of these NPCs that I looked at and go, I couldn't do something with this one. Mm-hmm. Which that's great for me. Like, I think that's enough. So I want to talk real quickly about the piece of art at the beginning of the chapter. Cause I sure. really like it a lot. I think sure. it's very fun. Um, it's the boot Hill gang, yes. which is the, the Sabat pack. And they're standing in front of an outhouse. <laughs> and on top of the outhouse is a Krynos werewolf getting ready to pounce them. And it's just super fun. Like, it, this feels very, um, the only thing that would make this more Wild West is if there was a train in the background. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just very iconic. I really like it a lot. Yep, it's good art. And again, yeah. like, the art throughout this book is good like this. So, it's great. Yeah, it's solid. Like, you know, again, too dark. Right. But if you can eye it without, you know, put that filter in your brain when you look at it, it's amazing. It's super fun. Yep. I just like saying positive things. because Yeah. Think. No, I honestly think this is overall a really solid book. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could take that first chapter and change it, I would. But otherwise, I would say, like, that this is one of the best books for the Werewolf of the Wild West line. And if this was a storyteller's vault book, I would immediately give this a 10 out of 10 and be like, woo, creator, yeah, you, you did an amazing job. Um, these critiques we have, I think, are overall minor. Well, we're nitpicking. Yeah. Because that's the fun of this. Yeah, exactly. But if we didn't do that, it wouldn't be fair to the book because I think the strengths of the book far outweigh the weaknesses. Of yes, it. absolutely. I have one last thing I want to point out and then we can wrap up if you want. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think the most evil, amazing thing in this book is um, the, the, the hive, the, um, the alpha of the hive. Yes. Um, at one point, he found a baby metis. And he danced the spiral holding the baby medicine so it just had to be a black spiral dancer. <laughs> and there's something so like like you can't even get mad. Like that's so evil and good. You know, like, not good. Not B, not big G. Little G good. Like that's that's yummy. That's that that is the type of flavor that I want in my black spiral dancers. Yes. Like I don't want them eating babies. I want them dancing the spiral with the babies. I want, I want a preschool filled with Metis Black Spiral dancers who have all danced, who dance the spiral during their nap time. Like, I, could you imagine this, this? Oh, that's so good. It is really good. The vi that villain, the Black Spiral dancers in the story mm -hmm. in this are really good villains because they don't just sit around and drool on themselves exactly and that's nice yep agreed nice. <laughs> i don't know if that makes them nice but it's certainly a good story all right just went all surely on you there for a second that's sorry nice. <laughs> what yeah. do you think um i'm trying to think of a good 
rating to give this book. Um, go with Silver Bullets still, I think. Silver Bullets, okay. Yeah, this is the last one. We should. Yeah, fair. So, out of ten Silver Bullets, how many Silver Bullets would you give this book? Hmm, I'd probably give it a seven. Okay. Like, is this a must to have? No. If you're going to run Mexico, yes. Um, if you're doing anything with Wild West, yes. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably even go 7.5. Okay. I'm going to give it an 8, I think, because I agree with you. It's a book that if I were running something in Mexico, I would want to have this mm-hmm. because I think it gives me enough background, even like the modern nights, if I wanted to run something in Mexico, yeah. I would get this book. I would get this book and I would get Mexico City by night and mm-hmm. tie the two together because I think they give you enough that you have an actual like serious um, storyline that you could tie throughout history into here, um, which would be cool. Um, as a werewolf book, I think I it drops down a little bit because I'm not, I, I see this as a really good vampire supplement and a very good wraith supplement. Yeah. And like an okay werewolf storyline. I would run probably Farah here rather than werewolves. But yeah. I think it's solid other than that. I actually agree with you when you said earlier that this would have been a better World of Darkness book. Mm-hmm. Just overall. Um, I will raise my number from a 7.5 to a 9 if someone buys me that piece of art. <laughs> If you can find it, folks, let us know. Let Carrie know. Yes, please. All right. Um, So until we finally get an answer to the question of when will you rage, we'll talk to you all again next time.